Salutations to all the dozens and all the listeners around the world. This is An Evening at the Movies. I am your amazing, awesome host, Casey. And this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. So, with that said... This is the point in the show where normally I'm going to introduce you to a co-host or a guest that is joining me tonight, but you know what? It's been a long time since we've done this, so I think strap in, buckle up, because we're going to go solo tonight, guys. Um... Yeah, it's definitely been an incredibly hot minute since we've done solos, probably close to almost a year. So um, because of everybody's busy schedule with this being um, my vacation week, and the fact that I will be appearing in the great states of Oklahoma and Texas for five days starting Friday afternoon. And because you know what, we've been incredibly busy with the podcast and developing and running our greatest Stephen King movie tournament ever episode. And mind you, if you guys have not, listen to the championship reveal episode yet i highly recommend you go check that out it was a fun time getting to sit down and talk um stephen king with deandre and harvey both as well as everybody's favorite co-host her royal highness miss amanda as well um and on top of it we also revealed obviously who won the tournament so i highly recommend either pause this one and put a pin in it for a hot minute and go back and listen to the results episode or when you finish this episode go ahead and jump back and go listen to that episode because it was a good time i think you guys will thoroughly enjoy the epic amazingness that was that episode 
So with that said, because it's been, what, five or six weeks since we've done a quote-unquote traditional episode of An Evening at the Movies, we're going to, well, not we, there is no we, it's all me, me, me tonight, but me, me, me is going to deliver for you guys the traditional classic old school episode of An Evening at the Movies. But you know what? Because we haven't thoroughly gotten to the point of, excuse me, doing the official kickoff to Stephen King Birthday Bonanza 2022, we're going to do that tonight. And probably off and on throughout the next 10, well, you're going to get this episode on uh, September 21st, which is Mr. King's 75th birthday. So it ignore the 10. It'll be over the next nine days. I'm going to do my absolute best, especially considering five of those nine days I'm going to be on vacation. But I'm going to do my best to bring you five traditional An Evening at the Movie episodes for your enjoyment. So, with that said, let's get down to the Birthday Bonanza 2022. So, to kick off Stephen King Birthday Bonanza Month 2022, we are going to jump right into the belly of the beast, and we're going to discuss a movie that I truly and honestly feel is probably one of the his five greatest movies that have been adapted from his work. It is based on a novella from his different seasons collection of novellas. It is Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. The movie obviously is named the Shawshank Redemption. So, with that said, The Shawshank Redemption, released on September 23rd, 1994, literally almost 28 years ago to the day, it was directed by Frank Darabont, it was released by Castle Rock Entertainment, it had a budget of $25 million, and in its initial run, it had a box office of $16 million. Yeah, go figure. One of his greatest movies of all time lost money its first time around the country in theaters. But, with that said, it also got a re-release as well which helped garner it on top of the 16 million dollars added with the box office for the second run the grand total box office for the shawshank redemption in 1994 was 73.3 million dollars it actually turned a pretty good profit for the time 
So that $73.3 million um, in today's world would translate to approximately a box office of $146.4 million. So um, the average movie ticket price in 1994 was about $4.06 a ticket. So if you do the math on the 73.3 million dollar box office and at ticket prices of $4.06 a ticket, approximately 18 million people went to the theaters and saw the Shawshank Redemption. Um as far as the cast goes, uh, Tim Robbins stars in the movie as Andrew Dufresne. Uh, Morgan Freeman plays Ellis Boyd Red Redding. Bob Gunton plays Warden Samuel Norton. William Sadler plays Haywood. Clancy Brown plays Byron Hadley. Gil Bellows plays pivotal character Tommy Williams James Whitmore plays Brooks Hatlin and Elmo Black and Elmo Blatch is played by Bill Bollander So a little bit about the Shawshank Redemption uh it is a 1994 drama written and directed by Frank Darabont, based on the 1982 Stephen King novella, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. It tells the story of banker Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins, who is sentenced to life in Shawshank State Penitentiary for the murders of his wife and her lover, despite his claims of innocence. Over the following two decades, Andy, Duf Andy befriends a fellow prisoner, contraband smuggler Ellis Red Redding, played by Morgan Freeman, and becomes instrumental in a money laundering operation led by prison warden Samuel Norton, played by Bob Gutton. Uh, let's see. Frank Darabont purchased the rights to King's story in 1987, but development did not begin until five years later when he wrote the script over an eight-week period. Two weeks after submitting his script to Castle Rock Entertainment, Darabont secured a $25 million budget to produce The Shawshank Redemption, which started pre-production in January of 1993. While the film is set in Maine, principal photography took place from June to August of 1993, almost entirely in Mansfield, Ohio, with the Ohio State Reformatory serving as the Shawshank Penitentiary. The project attracted many stars of the time for the role of Andy, including Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, and Kevin Costner. Okay, so pause for the cause, but really no no and tom cruise hey hey hell no um yeah well if they had gotten the part 
over Tim Robbins, obviously their performance would have been what everybody would remember as Andy Dufresne. But I think the way that King wrote Andy in the novella and the way that Tim Robbins portrayed him in the movie was pretty close to being spot on. Um, Tim Robbins just delivered an amazing performance. So no offense, Mr. Hanks. No. Um, Mr. Costner. mm, No. And like I said, Tom Cruise. Hell no. So yeah. Um, while the Shawshank Redemption received critical acclaim on its release, particularly for its story, direction, and the performance of Robbins and Freeman, it was a box office disappointment, like I said earlier, um, earning only $16 million during its initial theatrical run. Many reasons were cited for its failure at the time, including competition from films such as Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump, the general unpopularity of prison films as well, its lack of female characters, and even the title, which was considered to be confusing for audiences. It went on to receive multiple award nominations, including seven Academy Award nominations, and a theatrical re-release that, combined with international takings, increased the film's box office, like I said, to a gross of $73.3 million. Uh, Over 320,000 VHS rental rental copies were shipped throughout the United States, and on the strength of its award nominations and word of mouth, it became one of the top video rentals of 1995. The broadcast rights were acquired following the purchase of Castle Rock by Turner Broadcasting System, and it was shown regularly on the TNT network starting in 1997, further increasing its popularity. Decades after its release, the film was still broadcast regularly and is popular in several countries with audience members and celebrities citing it as a source of inspiration or naming it a favorite in various surveys, leading to its recognition as one of the most beloved films ever made. In 2015, the United States Library of Congress also selected the film for preservation in the National Film Registry, including, or finding, I'm sorry, finding it culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. There's that title that we've latched on to several movies over the last year and a half. So just the fact that it was deemed that historically, aesthetically, and culturally significant should say a lot about the worth of the actual movie itself. Uh, let's see. So... A little bit of detail, a little bit more detail on the plot. Um, In 1947, Portland, Maine, banker Andy Dufresne is convicted of murdering his wife and her lover and is sentenced to two consecutive life sentences at Shawshank State Prison. He is befriended by Ellis Red 
Redding, an inmate and prison contraband smuggler serving a life sentence, who procures a rock hammer and a large poster of Rita Hayworth for Andy. Assigned to work in the prison laundry, Andy is frequently sexually assaulted by the sisters and their leader, Boggs Diamond. In 1949, Andy overhears the captain of the guards, Byron Hadley, complaining about being taxed on an inheritance and offers to help him shelter the money legally. After an assault by the sisters nearly kills Andy, Hadley beats and cripples Boggs, who is subsequently transferred to another prison. Andy is not ever attacked again. Warden Samuel Norton meets Andy and reassigns him to the prison library to assist elderly inmate Brooks Hatlin, a front to use Andy's financial expertise to manage financial matters for other prison staff, guards, and other prisons, and the warden himself. Andy begins writing weekly letters to the state legislator, legislature requesting funds to improve the prison's decrepit library. Brooks is paroled in 1954 after serving 50 years, but he cannot adjust to the outside world and eventually hangs himself. The legislature sends a library donation that includes a recording of The Marriage of Figaro. Andy plays an excerpt over the public address system and is punished with solitary confinement. After his release from solitary, Andy explains to a dismissive Red that hope is what gets him through his time. In 1963, Norton begins exploiting prison labor for public works, profiting by undercutting skilled labor costs and receiving bribes. Andy launders the money using the alias Randall Stevens. Uh, At this point, Uh, Young Tommy Williams is incarcerated for burglary in 1965. Andy and Red befriend him, and Andy helps him pass his GED exam. A year later, Tommy reveals to Red and Andy that his cellmate at another prison had claimed responsibility for the murders for which Andy was convicted. Andy approaches Norton with this information, but Norton refuses to listen, and when Andy mentions the money laundering, Norton sends him back to solitary confinement. Norton has Hadley fatally shoot Tommy under the guise of an escape attempt. Andy refuses to continue the money laundering, but Norton threatens to destroy the library, remove Andy's protection from the guards, and move him to worse conditions. Andy is released from solitary confinement after two months. Wow. Uh, Yeah, that would be pure, unadulterated torture. And he tells a skeptical Red that he dreams of living in Cejuantanejo, a Mexican town on the Pacific coast. Andy also tells him a specific hayfield near Buxton, asking Red once he is released to retrieve a package that Andy buried there. Red worries about Andy's well-being, especially when he learns Andy asked a fellow inmate for some rope. At the next day's roll call, the guards find Andy's cell empty. 
An irate Norton throws a rock at a poster of Raquel Welch hanging on the cell wall, revealing a tunnel that Andy dug with his rock hammer over the last 19 years. The previous night, Andy used the rope to escape through the tunnel and prison sewage pipe, taking Norton's suit, shoes, and ledger, containing evidence of the money laundering. While guards search for him, Andy poses as Randall Stevens, withdraws over $370,000, equivalent to about $3.09 million in 2021-2022. Of the laundered money from several banks and mails the ledger and other evidence of the corruption and murders at Shawshank to a local newspaper. State police arrive at Shawshank and take Hadley into custody while Norton commits suicide to avoid arrest. The following year, Red is finally paroled after serving 40 years. He struggles to adapt to life outside the prison and fears that he will that he never will. Remembering his promise to Andy, he visits Buxton and finds a cache containing money and a letter asking him to come to Sejuantanejo. Red violates his parole by traveling to Fort Hancock, Texas, and crossing over the border into Mexico, admitting that he finally feels hope. He finds Andy on the beach in Sejuantanejo, and the two reunited friends happily embrace and personally i would like to believe live happily ever after so with all that said um before we wrap up the episode let's talk about some memorable quotes from the movie um i won't try and bog you guys down with you know, every more memorable quote from the movie, but there's some pretty impactful things, especially stuff that Andy says throughout the entire movie. Um, one of which is towards the end of the movie, uh, when Red starts to get the feeling that um, Andy is a little bit off per se. Uh, Andy's referencing the fact that um, talking about his wife, that she was beautiful. God, I loved her. I just didn't know how to show it. That's all. I killed her red. I didn't pull the trigger, but I drove her away. And that's why she died because of me. Uh, yeah. I'm, you don't really have to dig too far past the surface of that quote to realize that Andy had feelings for his wife and he loved her. He just didn't know how to show her or love her in the way that she deserved to be loved. Um, Ultimately, that's the thing that ended up probably costing her her life. So, you know, there is that. Um, <clears throat> one of my other favorite lines is Andy and Red sitting in the yard talking about um, the stuff that Andy's doing for... Uh, 
the warden and Andy tells Red, it's funny, on the outside I was an honest man, straight as an arrow. I had to come to prison to be a crook. Because, yeah, I mean, with the exception of, like we said with the other quote, his only crime being not loving his wife the way she deserved to be loved, the literal definition of being a crook, Andy never did anything like that on the outside. He literally came to prison where he's supposed to be, you know, redeeming himself and the correct word, rehabilitating himself. But yet he's doing the shady shit that the the reverend, the warden wants him to do. Um, one of the other poignant moments of the movie, uh, is when Andy and a bunch of the inmates are working on retarring the roof at the prison and Andy overhears the conversation with, um, Byron Hadley about the inheritance and tells him that he can help him and the only thing that he asks is for you know two beers apiece for his co-workers um, and he follows that up with I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if he can have a bottle of suds that's only my opinion It, just, it brings back vivid, vivid memories of days outside working with your hands and all of that and in the hot summer sun and, you know, working with friends and having a few cold ones while you're doing your work and it. It goes a long way to prove and show and illustrate the heart of the movie. Probably, uh, we'll go ahead and go with one more. Um, and it's probably the most significant line that Andy speaks in the entire movie. And uh, it goes basically, no context is needed for it. It's, it really, it, it, I guess it comes down to a simple choice really get busy living or get busy dying and realistically that's where you get 
the motivation for Andy to spend 19 long years with a little ass freaking rock hammer tunneling his way out through the walls of the lumbering penitentiary walls and making the escape for the border and heading into Mexico. So those were some of the memorable quotes from Andy. And as you know, as we always do before we wrap things up, I will give you my thoughts and opinions about the movie going forward. Um, Shawshank is one of the greatest movies ever. I said what I said, and I am not ashamed to admit it. I am very comfortable in calling it one of my three favorite King movies of all time. And the competition between the three is insanely close. There is an inherent beauty to the life that Frank Darabont creates while immersing the characters in some of the darkest situations imaginable housed in one of the darkest locations ever. This movie is written so well, and in my eyes, the cast delivers with incredible performances throughout, from Tim Robbins all the way down to um, Gil Bollander, who played Elmo Blatch. To me, this movie is a, if you are a human being living on planet Earth, you must watch this movie at least once in your life. So as far as a rating goes, I can't go any lower with this movie than five out of five Yeah, we'll go five out of five. Jake the Crows. So, five Jakes. Um, yeah, so with that said, um, I know I might have sounded a little rusty on the solo. Like I said, it's been a year, and it took a little bit of nerve to get back into accepting the idea that I should do a solo and see how that went. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And I promise you that the next episode we have will not be a solo. Um, Her Royal Highness herself will be with me for the next episode. Um, As always, I want to thank the dozens for being here and listening each and every week, as well as, again, I would like to say happy 75th birthday to Mr. King. You are a true icon on an evening at the movies, not only on an evening at the movies, but also culturally and worldwide as well. 
So happy 75th. We appreciate you more than words can ever say. As well, coming up on the next handful of episodes of An Evening at the Movies, we have myself and Amanda will be here to discuss the 1983 John Carpenter classic, Christine. Um, as for the last three episodes of Stephen King birthday bonanza month, I don't know if it will be a multiple person recording or solo recordings. Um, I believe Kevin said he wanted to come on and discuss 1408 with us. If I can get that worked out, uh, we will definitely get Kevin in for that as well. Um, otherwise, uh, you'll get 1408 at some in some fashion, as well as get Carrie 2013, the remake, and you will also get it 2017, aka Chapter One. So be on the lookout for those coming up over the next nine days uh next month we have halloween horror fest 2022 where we will be looking at the exorcist the amityville horror Candyman, uh get out chopping mall And there's one or two others in there that I'm not remembering right off the top of my head. But as always, you can find um, warm-up announcements for those episodes in the Facebook group. And stay you can stay updated there, as always. Uh, other than that... Oh... Yes, a reminder to everybody that this Friday night at 6 p.m. on the West Coast, 7 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Central, and 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, myself and Amanda will be recording our 100th episode of an evening at the movies as well as the sip list and we will be joined by the other half of mount sipmore and that being gene and papa palpatine himself and we will i'm not exactly sure what all we're going to partake in that night but it will be fun it will be live and we would love to have as many people join us for the episode as we can. So if you're not doing anything Friday night and need something to do, we will post the link for the episode on both of our social media pages. And you can join us and help us celebrate the 100th episode of both of our shows. If you can't join us, on Friday night for the live episode, we will be dropping the episode as a regular released episode 
as well. So stay tuned and pay attention for that coming up as well. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. Thank you guys again. And we hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys. Thank <laughs> you.